girl, girl, girl. And stop calling me sis. I am a man, not a sis. And not your dong on woman. Stop calling me first lady. Y'all so crazy. Stop it. Stop calling me sis. everybody welcome back to another episode of gay side stories where the gay shit goes i am your host trillificent and this week i am joined by one of my podcast peers so i'm gonna actually let him introduce himself i am the one and only aloysius 0207 is what i go by on all social media platforms and yes i am a podcaster myself so tell everybody a little bit about your podcast um, my podcast is called No Shit Sherlock. Yeah. That's the original name. Um, but we had to change the shit to S H H H because Apple and Facebook had some. They felt some type of way about that. I don't know why. So every time we would try to like promote our stuff, it kept getting blocked. So we had to change the curse word, and we actually used the poop emoji. So <laughs> it's me and my yes, it's me and my three other um best guy friends, and we sit around and we talk about. Everything from relationships to pop culture, social media, anything in between. And our motto is, it doesn't take a clue to know what you're talking about. Like, you don't have to be a genius. Just know what you're saying. Know something. You ain't got to know everything, but you got to know something. Something. And you also have another venture I saw on your Twitter page. Oh, yes. Um, I am also the owner of My Cousin's Kitchen. Um, where I do a little catering, um, pop-up tents. I pretty much can cook. I call myself the ghetto chef. Like, I didn't go to culinary school. I can cook because I watched my mom and my grandma. Um, so I can pretty much cook anything. It's just, are you willing to pay for it? Because I don't work for free. <laughs> and if I'm going to like it myself. True, true. I like the name, My Cousin's Kitchen. I like It's, it's catchy. Yeah, I got it from my cousin. Literally, I did. He was selling dinners one year because he can cook as well. And he was just like, so when he was like, well, tell your coworkers I'm cooking dinners this weekend. So I printed up a paper and I called it my cousin's kitchen because literally it was from my cousin's kitchen. And everybody thought that was the name of his company. And so since he didn't, he didn't want to do catering anymore. So I took the name. Oh, well, well, <laughs> look at that line right on up, didn't it? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Alrighty, well, thank you so much for joining me and showing interest in being on the show. Anytime. So, uh, you guys, I finally came out with a hashtag for the show. Granted, I was supposed to do this months ago. I want to say probably about four months ago, and I couldn't come up with the hashtag. And then I forgot because it's me. Uh, but the official hashtag of the show going forward is going to be Gay Side Pod. So if you are listening and you want to tweet along or you on Facebook or on Instagram, because you can follow in, you can follow hashtags on Instagram now. Use that hashtag gay side pod. So let's move on into the come quick segment. I'm going to come, sir. Oh, yeah. Okay. 
So first up, more about this show because you're listening to this show and I'm going to talk about this show while you're listening to this show. Inception. So this is episode 51, you guys, which means next week is going to be the 52nd episode of this show. The one year anniversary of Gay Side Stories is January 31st. So I have something lined up for that. I think it's going to be a fun show. I am right now. I think I'm going to resurrect something that uh, I did when I used to have a co-host. So it's many, many episodes ago. But uh, in the meantime, you guys can post on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram your favorite moments or episodes, phrases, your favorite guests, anything that you loved about the show in the past year. Go ahead and, and put that stuff out there and use the hashtag gay side one year. And that's the number one gay side one year. Uh, if you want to leave a message for me on the show about the show for the one year anniversary, you can leave that message at 832-821-8279. And that's it about that. Like I said, I'm, you know, I struggle with, I don't know, what's the word? Humility. It's like, I know that this is a, a big accomplishment. This is some, I mean, one of the very rare things that I've stuck with for a, an amountable amount of time. Ugh, what am I saying? One of the very <laughs> rare things that I've stuck with for a good amount of time. And it's like, I want to pat myself on the back, but at the same time, it's like, eh. I think you should. But it's really, yeah, really good. Trying to, to let myself breathe and be proud of myself. I think that's something that I, I struggle with sometimes is I have these goals and I have things that I want to do and I have, Things that I accomplished, but I don't really allow myself to celebrate them properly. So I really want to try to break out of that and do that for this. But anyway, we're going to move on. So let's talk about the gay agenda. Oh, Lord. The gay agenda. The agenda. (laughs) Okay, so that's 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 really my question. What is the agenda like? Mm -hmm. Is it like a to-do list? Is it an outline? Is it like by this age you're supposed to do this and do this and do this? Or if you're in these experiences, you're supposed to do this and this and this. And if somebody doesn't like this, you respond like this. Like, I just, I didn't get that from any old head. So somebody, please, anybody listening, what is the, the gay agenda? Like, why does it exist? And am I missing something? I, too, would like to know what the gay agenda is. Okay, all jokes aside, we've seen the gay agenda be spoken on, uh, spoken about on instant, um, instant media. What am I saying? On social media and in various conversations. And it's usually by a hotep slash homophobic person. And they use it as a smokescreen for their homophobic rhetoric and it's y'all are tearing down this y'all are tearing down that y'all making the black man look bad we we know what people are saying the connotation that usually goes with the phrase the gay agenda it would be nice if it was something that was handed down from the dick sucking elders was like this is how you get your shit together girls because that would be great 
that's an agenda I would buy. All the is burning. Absolutely. If they was like, now nah, these are the struggles I went through, bitch, so you ain't got to go through them. That's an agenda that I would spend coins on. But that's not what we're talking about. So <clears throat> we know that it's it's usually followed by or in company of something hateful. Like they call it the gay agenda. And for whatever reason, these hateful people feel like we and all of our fabulous fabulousness are actively trying to bring down the black family or just black men in general or whatever they say. So on Twitter, someone, uh, the at name was Nas Mirage, which, mm, um, sure. Anyway, <clears throat> this person had a very good tweet. So I quote, <clears throat> the real gay agenda is not some evil attempt to emasculate men. It's to try to further the acceptance of gay people so that they so that they are not constantly bullied, joked about, kicked out of homes, disowned by their own families, pushed into depression and suicide and murdered. Mm. So I saw that tweet and I thought to myself, if we were going to adopt something called the gay agenda, that would definitely be it, because our agenda is honestly survival. Like, we just yeah. want to survive and we just want to live freely. We want to live freely like everyone else without someone getting upset, trying to fight us, trying to kill us, trying to out us. I, and I tell people all the time, especially heterosexuals, that nothing about us and y'all, nothing is different other than what we're attracted to and who we sleep with. The That's, rest of our life and our world revolves and operates the exact same nothing changes other than what we like to sleep with that's it but for whatever reason they can't understand that um <clears throat> and then i saw a tweet i don't want to say that it was either today or yesterday it was i guess religious freedom day and oh, someone tweeted and i decided not to put his ad name because i didn't want to give him that shine but he said stand up against the lgbt mafia and their wicked and fascist tactics before they completely destroy society. Hashtag Religious Freedom Day. So we got an agenda. Now we got a mafia. We have a we have the agenda is the executive branch, I guess, and the mafia is no wait. The agenda is the legislative branch, and the mafia uh -huh. is the ex is the uh, executive branch. They're the Sopranos, the people that um put you in the trash bag. Right. So I'm like, so how do you sign up to be a part of the LGBT mafia? Like, where is it? Where's the headquarters? Do they have like mugs and shirts and stuff? You know, I can't take that from them because they look at Kimberell as their leader and she wants us to be very encouraged. So maybe we are. <laughs> she wasn't encouraged when she fell her ass in them $1,800 boots. Right on them knees. I know them knees was her and Ting. Just too old for that shit. Oh God. Anyway. So you guys let us know. What what do you think the gay agenda is? What do you think people mean when they say that? Because it's never a gay person or a person of the LGBT community that uses that phrase. So I'm very curious about people in the community. What do you think or what is what is usually attached to that phrase when you hear it or when you read it? And for people outside of it, if you believe in it, let us know so that we can tell you where the fuck you got us fucked the hell up. And we'll go on from there. <laughs> and tell us what it is, please. I mean, tell us what it is so that we can tell you where you're wrong. Because we already know you're wrong. Because we already know you're wrong. 
Because if you anything, if it's anything like that, we trying to dis- destroy us. We live in society, sis. We're not trying to destroy it. We want to live too. What are you saying? What are you talking about? Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's all nice and good. Wrap that up with a nice bow. So let's move on <laughs> to the main topic. We are going to be discussing friends. And relationships, hence why I named the episode Lovers and Friends. Oh, my. So we're just going to go through a couple of questions so that we can get a feel for this topic. I want to see where your head is. Which one? Girl. (laughs) Girl. I mean, they both operate. It's not that kind of show, okay? Oh, okay. At least not this episode. Okay. Not this episode. Coming up soon, though. I'm going to have the nasty part two episode. So let's get into it because okay. let's, let's pull you out of the gutter. <laughs> Come it's on. It's a rock, I promise you. So, first up, uh, when do you tell your friends about the person that you're dating? What's your opinion? Well, um, if I'm actually dating them, um, Maybe after I get to that point where I get the butterflies in my stomach, I'm actually excited about seeing and talking to this person. I think at that point, I actually, (laughs) I think at that point, I actually, that's when I tell a friend or two. Okay. Um, But it definitely has to be dating, nothing else. So just for the sake of clarity, what's your definition of dating? Um, dating is someone that you meet either online in person through a friend. You guys hang out occasionally. You share similar interests and you begin to get to know each other to see if you're going to build towards a relationship. Okay. And, but you can do this with multiple people. You don't only have to date one person. That's my outlook. Okay. So for me, I say it depends on the friends and the nature of the dating situation. Um, something I, something similar to what you just described as far as the dating situation. Um, personally, I would say that you tell close friends early so that they're aware of changes and additions to your life. I've gotten to this point and I don't know if it's just in my old age or if it's just because I watch too much Investigation Discovery but I've noticed that a lot of people keep a lot of things bottled up. And then when shit happens, nobody knows anything. So there's no point of reference to say, yeah, they started dating this person at this time. Or, you know, your your mood went down suddenly and we don't understand why. Like, what's going on with you? And then come to find out, oh, I started dating somebody and, you know, they changed my life for the worse. So I really feel yeah. like you should let your closer friends know. When you bring people into your life, just so that somebody's aware of what's going on in your life, I know at we, least one. At, at least, least one. one. I'm not saying because uh, that's if what something I said, goes down, friend. somebody like you said, somebody has to know. Okay, who was they last with? What what were they doing? How is this person affecting their lifestyle at this moment that is changing? Exactly, and I have additional reasons, but we'll get into those later. Okay. Uh, for other people, I'd say play it by ear. Personally, I'll probably wait a couple of months if we're dating beyond you know, beyond the when you get to the point where it's past getting to know 
like the heavy aspect of getting to know a person where you're asking each other 20 questions every time you see or talk to each other. And it's more you're comfortable. You're still getting to know each other, but you're comfortable. You like what things are going. You like you like what life is showing you or what the person is showing you. You know, you like the way they eat your bud or whatever the case may be. And you feel like, OK, this person may not I'm be sorry. anywhere. We only we only date and then you eat my butt. I said it depends on the dating situation. So, oh, okay. You I'm, could I'm be in a situation where there's no eating of the butt, and you could be in a situation clear, where it's a buffet. I mean, I just, I just know where you where you stand if we decide to start dating. It's whatever floats your boat, and fo- it's whatever works for you and that individual. <laughs> All right. So, how do you determine what you tell your friends about your boo or whatever you want to call them? Um. My personal opinion on that is you, you you know your friends. Whether you tell two or three or one, you know you know that individual and you know what to say because you already know how they're gonna respond. Some some friends you just don't even need to tell them nothing because of just because of their response. Not saying they're gonna put you down, but you know, especially the girls, they they'll read they'll read a nigga down. Oh, yes. And don't care if you like them, love them, head over heels for them. They'll read him down until the the hangnail he got from work earlier that day. Listen, they'll have you wondering why this nigga's even breathing. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm-hmm. But you have to know your friends. You have to. And I, that's the best way I can tell you to go about it. Because that's how I do. I don't tell all my friends the same thing all the time. It's like, okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to pick you for this reason and you for that reason. I choose you. <laughs> um, I agree. I would say, and this goes back to what I was saying about telling close friend or friends early so that they know what's going on because you need people to vent to. And that does not mean it has to be every one of your friends. Everybody doesn't need to know everything. And I think that's... <clears throat> A problem that a lot of people have is they don't have that ability to to know which friends I should tell things to and which ones I shouldn't. And so then it becomes a black and white thing. Like I'm either going to tell everybody everything or I'm not going to tell anybody anything. But if you do that work and you know which friends you can tell what to, which ones you can mm-hmm. depend on, which ones are going to give you the level of support that you need, then you don't work. You don't run into that problem. And I would say, tell your friends little things here and there, but they don't need a play-by-play of your entire relationship. Like, ever. They ever, ever. Nobody needs that. All if, right? Even if y'all dating for 20 plus years, nobody needs to know the itinerary. No, we don't, we don't need to know. Every, we don't, this is not Dear Diary. This is not Hey Margaret by Judy Bloom. We don't need all of that. We don't need on, it. Judy. Um, but I would say tell your best friends, quote unquote, everything. Yeah. Because these are the people that should be, if you have cultivated your, your friendship pool positively, these would be people that you can always go to that won't judge. They will have your best interest at heart and they'll take action if things go sideways. And I'm not saying in a bad way, like if you come across somebody that's whooping up on you, although I would hope that your friends will intervene if that happens. And mm-hmm. another reason I say that is because you need to have people that are you are close enough to that if you get into a situation like that 
or something similar or something bad or just it's just not working out. You feel comfortable telling them and you don't feel stuck in that relationship or obligated to that person, that man, that woman, whatever, to the point where you feel like you can't tell your friends that stuff so that you don't have that support. Because <clears throat> it could be you had it all along, but you never tapped into it because you didn't feel secure in that friendship. I just have a part B to that. Um, and also, if you are that friend where, because we always going to, I'm speaking from a friend's perspective now, like, I'm always going to be your friend. I'm always going to support you. But I can't continue to support you if you still going to keep going back to the nigga beating your ass. So remember, I was there for you and I subjected to you the first time. But if you keep coming to me with the same black eye, I'm only going to say so much. So don't expect me to keep going up for you and trying to uplift you if you keep getting your ass whooped. Like, I can't, I'm not going, I mean, I can suggest you leave your man, but if you want to keep getting your ass beat because you think the the dick of the booty that good, but hey, I, I can't stop you. Um, I think we can wrap that up nicely by saying, as your friend, I can't want better for you than you want for yourself. Right. So if you're in that situation that you just described or in a different situation, you could be in a situation where somebody's taking advantage of you financially or you're just not happy or they cheating on you. Con Whatever the situation is, <clears throat> if you don't want better for yourself and get out of that and do better, I can't want better for you. So at some point, maybe the the friendship doesn't end or stall but my what i can provide on that situation will definitely stall because i can only say so much i can only do so much right so how do you determine what you tell your boo about your friends so we talked about what you tell your friends about them but what do you tell your significant other about your friends um i think it goes the same way just like i said you only tell your friends certain things I'm only going to tell my boo certain things because I don't need you trying to see my friends in that light that I know them in. Now, if they ever decide to show you that, then that's fine. But because, I mean, we all, if we've been in relationships before, you just don't do certain things around your boo that you're going to do in front of your friends. And I don't want seeing my friends like that because then you're gonna be like well damn what you do when i'm not around mm -hmm. i don't need you having that i don't need you having that thought process so i'm gonna paint the the most beautiful picture that i can give you about my friends okay uh i would say keep things general especially if your significant other is not going to be around your friends too much right like you don't need to pull out a full dossier like Olivia Pope about all your friends and show it to your bae, boo, dick dealer, whatever you want to call them. You don't need to do all that. Like they don't, they don't need to be running background checks and all that kind of shit. But you, you do want to tell them, okay, this is my friend, whatever, you know, this is how I met them. And these are the kind of things we like to do together. It doesn't need to be a, right. you know, his mama live on Crenshaw and she be selling fish plates every Sunday and his granny broke her hip, but she don't want to uh, listen to nobody. You, you, you don't need to tell all of your friends business to your significant other, just like you don't need to tell your significant other's business to your friends. Right. Like it's a, it's a fine line of, 
if and if they are interested in getting to know each other, then that will happen naturally. But uh-huh. you don't need to you don't need to be the penny of the situation, giving it the good old inspector gadget and just telling all the business. You don't need to do that. Um they should at least know who your friends are. Like I said, in some distinguishing detail so that they know who you talk to and who Most you spend definitely. your time with. But they don't need a full workup. And this is a side note, not to jump off, but all gay men don't fuck their friends. Like, that's not... All gay men friends aren't their previous fuck buddies or exes. I just heard that in the space this last weekend, and it was just like, well, most gay men have friends because there was a guy that they used to fuck with or they used to in their relationship with, and now they're friends. No, I can say that. My whole circle of friends, I have never slept with them. I've never wanted them attractively. I just want people to let that go. All gay men friends are not people they used to sleep with. I mean, it happens, but... It does. I know plenty of straight people with the same situation. Like, and Point. Uh, what a collection plate. You know, and it's it, that's one of those things where sometimes I feel like people, they just don't have that self-awareness like they're mm-hmm. so hell bent on othering us as us as in the community but on, it's othering. just it's just like you said earlier we do the same shit that y'all do y'all fuck y'all's friends maybe nobody knows about it because mm-hmm. heterosexual people y'all have issues with jealousy um but we're not going to act like y'all don't do the same exact shit that we do. Y'all be fucking in the club. Y'all be fucking on the first date. Y'all be fucking in the car. Y'all be fucking y'all's friends. Like, let's not act like we are such deviants from whatever golden path that y'all have deemed everybody needs to walk. Because y'all do the same. Y'all are out. If right. the golden path is there, bitch, you walking in the mud just like we are. So what are we talking about? Exactly. And you put up your X2 videos with your caption. Oh, we see them. We see like anyway, so yes, keep it, keep it, keep it cute with the information that you share about your friends with your significant other and vice versa, please. So when do you introduce your friends to the person you're dating? Um, I, you kind of got to fill it out. Um, I think once they start, the person that you're dating, once they start, I guess, inquiring about these people and, you know, oh, who you was with today. And, you know, once you start letting them more into your world and they see how much you do hang out with these people, I think then it's time to say, okay, let me introduce y'all so they can put a face to the name and know that it ain't none of no bad blood or anything like that. We just friends. That's it. Um, but you, I mean, you still got to play it by ear, but I think once they start inquiring more about your friends, I think then it's time to introduce them. Okay. I can agree with that. And I would add that you both need to be comfortable and secure in your situation before you start trying to meet friends or family or whatever the case may be being seen on the town. Y'all need to be comfortable and secure. You can't still be, well, we just getting to know each other, but I know he's still fucking that other nigga on Instagram. And I act like it don't bother me, but it really does. Like, you need to be comfortable in your situation before you start bringing somebody around your friends. Because in a perfect world, your friends are permanent fixtures. 
and you want to be very careful with what you bring into the mix because that will be an influence no matter what you think when somebody gets a new boo that's a new element to the mix and if you are insecure in that situation then that's just going to throw the energy off with the friendship group because now you're going to be imagine introducing your significant other to your friends but your significant i mean but your friends know that you're not secure in that situation in that relationship or whatever you want to call it so they look at him up and down from jump because you've already expressed a bunch of ill shit to them um where you know you done pulled a little mo and you told your friends about his instagram account that he didn't tell you about so now you introduce your friends to him and they look at him up and down like, oh, so you an Instagram motherfucker, ain't you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you have to be secure in your situation before you bring your friends into it. And I think that's not just uh, a courtesy to your significant other in y'all's relationship, but also to your friends. You don't right. want to be putting your friends through the ringer with somebody that you're not absolutely sure about. And now they done meet them and then they done start sharing experiences and getting to know them. And then y'all break up the next week. And then, oh, Lord. Right. Or, like I said, it could just be bad blood, bad, bad energy. Like I said, you introducing when you're introducing two ingredients into the pot, like, they, you need to be ready to cook. Right. That's all I'm saying. So, if your friends and your significant other don't get along. How do you handle that? Like, are you obligated to take a side? And if okay. you think so, then whose side do you take? So this is a very, another good, like, parallel situation to the post that goes around on Facebook that says, you know, for the heterosexuals or, you know, the straights, that, you know, if a woman, if her husband and her dad get into an argument and her husband say, let's go, does she leave, does she stay, you know, so I think this is the same kind of situation. Um, it's just with your friends. I think for me, I'm all about being fair. Because somebody has to be right. Somebody has to be wrong. Somebody started it. Somebody finished it. I'm all about being fair. But I do understand that I'm in a, re- well, you said dating. This is the person that I'm dating. And I mean, you know, it could be dating. I'm- it could be a relationship. Okay. It doesn't have to be so- necessarily just be dating. So this is the person that I'm with and this is the person that I love and I brought them around y'all. Y'all don't see eye to eye and I'm not picking sides. I'm being fair, but like this, this the person that I love. So, I mean, I think naturally people side with that person versus their friends who, which they should because your friends were there before the relationship. But it's like when people get in love like that, they don't they don't see wrong i don't think you have to pick a side i think you should be fair okay um i would say you're not obligated to take a side per se but you do have to be very careful not to ostracize either party i think the best method depending on what it is because some situations good luck you know what i mean like if if your significant other meets your friends and shit pop off and your boo put your hands on one of your friends, I mean, mm, or your friend put your hands on you. Some situations, uh, that's different, but if it's just kind of like a, 
a disagreement of, of minds, then I would say try to help them figure it out because this is beneficial to you as well. You never know what you might discover. You never know what everyone might discover about themselves. They may have a disagreement about Beyonce and then, you know, you kind of kind of work your magic and, and get them to see eye to eye and you never know now now you got two new beyonce stands who knows but Come on now you they know i play that shit right but you can't force the situation like you can't force anyone to get along and you can't let either bash the other incessantly like if they are set in their stubbornness of not liking each other not fucking with each other then you let that be what it is but you don't let them continually bash the other because what that's going to do, you when you hang around your friends, your friends are constantly bashing your man or your whatever, your woman, whoever you are with. Um, and then when you're with your boo, they constantly bashing your friends. You're the only one hearing that. So guess who's internalizing all of that? You. You. So now you the one that's down in the dumps because they're not getting along. And all they see is I'm right and I don't like them. Fuck them. And you are sad because they're not getting along and you don't know how to mend that bridge. And you don't know because eventually there's going to be some what's the word there. Eventually, someone's going to try to start pulling you to their side. They're going to try to make, force you to make a decision. Either your friends are going to be like, oh, so you're going to spend all your time with that nigga. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be real Beyonce. I mean, they're going to be real Missy to your Beyonce. <laughs> all right. Then you're going to be standing up on the damn table and Chili's talking about ain't nothing out there for me. This is where I want to be. This is where I want to be. You I'm know, telling you, when friends get, your friends get in love like that, it's it's. I mean, it's hard. It's just like you sometimes you because I've been in a situation where I did not like my friend's boyfriend, and I told him I was just like, you know, I only tolerate him because you're in a relationship with him. That is it. Um, when they broke up, you know, sure, I did cartwheels down the street, but it's tough. And it's it's one of the, you know you like the best you can probably do is just ask everyone for the sake of you if they fuck with you the way that they should because they in your circle everybody be mature about it. okay y'all don't like each other okay fine it doesn't have to be a love and hip hop production every time we all get together yeah, and leave it at that. Us. you know I think it's totally and I think a lot of people feel like it's not possible or it's, it's again it's black and white it's all or nothing but it's perfectly possible for you to date somebody that your friends don't like or vice versa maybe not ideal but it's possible well we don't want to be nobody's kitchen table talk oh shout out to getting grown i did listen to them oh my sis oh i love them they're cool anyway do you take dating advice from friends that are single? Shake the table. It depends on what type of single you are. Are you just single and you've never been in a relationship? You never seriously dated anybody? You've never been with anybody? Then it's kind of hard for me to take relationship advice from you. Um, I will. Um if you decide to give it, even if it's unwarranted, I, I mean, I'll take what you say because sometimes, even though they're single and you're you're in a relationship, they see things that you don't see. 
a lot of people get in relationships and they get tunnel vision. Mm. They don't see nothing but the, they don't see nothing but the person that they're in the relationship with. So Ooh, it's, it's different. I mean, it's easier for a single person not being in a relationship, seeing things outside of the relationship box to say, hey, well, you might want to think about it like this. So I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. I just want to know what type of single are you? Single with kids, single, just got out of a relationship, single, fucking everybody, you know. But let me know what you see because you out there and I'm in here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, personally, I would say you really, you can take dating advice from anyone with a demonstrated history of employing common sense, single or otherwise. Because it's a lot of people with a whole lot of dating experience that don't know shit. And they will lead you into a ditch. Like Caroline. Come on, Caroline. And then there's plenty of people that are single that, like you said, can look at the situation and be like, okay, you overreacting. It's not that big of a deal. Or I don't know, something in the milk ain't clean. Considered exhibits A and B. And whether they're single or not, it doesn't really matter. Like, I don't think a person needs to have a lot of dating advice. I mean, a lot of dating experience in order to give advice on a situation, because I can use myself as an example. Like a lot of my friends, they vent to me about their dating lives and they all know I have practically no dating experience. I have been single since the Titanic sunk. Oh Lord. But I know how to be objective when you present me with information and I just use my common sense. Like, it's not a, it's not a, well, you my friend, so I'm going to take your side. I'm going to always be on your side because that can be harmful. Right. Um, it's really just employing common sense to a situation, like you said, because a lot of times people get in situations, matters of the heart or the genitals, and they don't know how to be rational. And a lot of times dating advice, I don't think is anything more than just presenting something in a rational fashion. I mean, that is definitely a case. Like we say, you know, on my podcast, you know, love versus logic. Yeah, you can be in love, but are you being logical and being smart about what you're trying to do? And I think that's how single people can assist with people being in a relationship because, you know, they ain't in in a relationship, so they're not in the love my frame they're being logical and like okay is this smart exactly exactly just like you have friends in relationships that you hope are doing the same thing and it's not just everything is lovey-dovey just let him do whatever he wants don't fight with him make sure you don't try to make no lemonade album right make sure you don't serve his food on no paper plate that's disrespectful Mm. (laughs) you don't want those kind of friends giving you advice either because again, be like I'm feeding him because you ain't feeding him. You know, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. I already did this on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. So how do you determine which friend or friends you can lean on for support during your dating situation or your relationship, your marriage, whatever the case may be? Um, I think it all depends on knowing your friends. You know what friend to call for what situation because you know what type of advice they're going to give. I have a friend, regardless of the situation, he's always going to be fair. He might be a little petty, but he's going to be very, very fair. Then I have another friend who's a little passive. So it's just like, I don't necessarily want to go to you. And they know not to call me because <laughs> I'm the ratchet, ride or die, 
okay, we're going to shoot first, ask questions later, busting windows, putting on my Tim's, kicking niggas in the throat. You know, that's me. So call me when you're ready to, for me to, you know, to ride through. Okay, um, so you, you gotta, mm-hmm, I know who you are. You're the one driving the minivan through the damn house. Exactly. That that's gonna be me right there. You know, my friends say you fuck with them. I I, I don't come to ask no questions. Let's get down to the to it. Um, but you definitely gotta you gotta know your friends and you gotta know what you're gonna look for in advice. I mean, you will hope that all your friends are gonna give you real and and rational information that can help your relationship. But there are just some friends you was like, okay, I can't tell them that because I already know what they're going to say. Yeah, <clears throat> I agree. I I say that this takes some evaluation prior to so that you know who your quote unquote real friends are. And mm-hmm. you are making sure that you don't lean on anyone that will judge you or use your venting against you later. They're going to spread your business, so on and so forth. So I I think I've talked about this on the show before, but uh, I've been on a journey. I'm kind of not so much lately, but starting in 2016, I really was on a journey to figure out who's close to me, who needs to be close to me, who needs to be distanced and who needs not be a part of my life. And you really have to do that inventory on the relationships in your life and your friends are no are uh they're not exempt of that if anything depending on how you live your life because if you if you live your life like me where my friends are my nucleus because i'm not close to my family then you have to do gotcha. that but you may have to do the same thing with family i'm not you know obviously right. you, i'm you not do. i'm not saying cut your mama off and change your number and then be posting on facebook about it but oh. you oh. have to be very mindful of the people that you allow close to you and when, once you do that, and again, like I said earlier, once you cultivate a positive circle, then you don't really need to worry about, okay, who can I lean on? Who can I tell about? We had this big fight and I don't know what to do. I, I need some advice. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about that because you've already done the work. You're not just letting somebody that makes you laugh and I message and sends you memes and shit on Instagram. That's not somebody you can depend on. Right. They capture your mind. Like, exactly. Like, and I'm not saying that that person can't be important to you because, hey, we all have that person. Shit. Some you might be that person. You you doing a valuable service. You helping people get through work, get through doctor's appointments, whatever the case may be. But But. that's not always the person that you can rely on when shit gets heavy. You know what I mean? Right. So if you do that work prior to then you don't really have to worry about who can I lean on for support and who who going to be looking at me sideways like, bitch, what you thought this was? So last question in this topic. Ooh, this is a good one. <clears throat> are your friends' exes off limits and are your exes off limits to your friends? I think, yes, both ways. Um, Agree. Because when you're, if you're an ex, not just a fuck buddy, somebody used to talk to. No, ex means like we experience experiences in life together. No, because it'll be just that, just like the soul food situation. You know, Kenny used to be with Terry, and then he ended up. 
I mean, yeah, then he ended up um, getting with Maxine. So it's just like now somebody I used to be with, my friend, on um, in the movie it was a sister, but my, now my friend is with them, and now they got this whole, you know, Terry was independent, single, wanted kids, had fucked up relationships. Then her sister got the guy she used to be with, and they got this. He got a business. They got kids. They married happily ever after. So it's just like. I can't deal with that. Like, mm-hmm. just like the RL and Deborah Cox song say, we can't be friends when I'm still in love with you. Like, I might not still be in love with you, but I can't share this space with you anymore. And especially if you're going to be dating my friend or hooking up with my friend or marrying my friend, how am I supposed to feel? It's like, well, damn, that could have been my life. Was it me? Right. And I think that would be anybody. I agree. I mean, I personally, I feel like there's enough scattered dick and ass out here. It's like 8 billion people on the planet. I don't Come think on, you, a- you need to complicate things unnecessarily by dating or hooking up with people that your friends have or vice versa. Um, depending on the friendship, because I can say now with most of my friends, I think we have mature enough relationships and are just mature enough people that if one of my friends came and said, hey, I met somebody and I'm head over heels for them and they tell me who they are and show me a picture and I'll be like, okay, well, just so you know, back in 2011, you know, we exchanged fuck faces and they'd be like, oh, okay. And that would be the end of it. Like it wouldn't be a, a huge deal. But at the same time, ideally, no. Nah. Mm-hmm. No, I I just no, it's it's just no. But this is what I'm saying. Like, if your friends know about the people that you're dealing with in your life, then you shouldn't have to worry about that. Yeah, you shouldn't. I just feel like it's a it's an it's a unnecessarily complicated situation. Like I know because I know people gonna be like, well, sometimes you can't help who you fall in love with, and I would challenge that by saying a lot of times y'all just falling in lust. Yes. And they, and I'm gonna be they honest. They whisper them sweet nothings, and you just you just fail for it. Like you can't help who you fall in love with, but you can help who you entertain before you get to the step of falling in love. Right. I'm gonna be honest. If I'm dating somebody and things don't work out, or I'm in a relationship for however long and things don't work out, and then next thing I know, I turn around and you like, ooh. Um, so what had happened was. I'm going to be looking at you funny as hell because I'm going to be like, so this whole time you was wanting to fuck my man. Pretty much. You know what I mean? It's not going to be those, oh, well, I just happened to see him at the Kroger and I was helping him pick out bok choy. And then next see, thing you know, things, he was things like that my choy. Like, get the fuck out of here. Things like that make me question. It's just like, well, damn, was y'all so chum chummy after we got together. Were you fucking them while I was with them? I don't know if I would take it that far, but I, just, I think it would depend on how soon they got together after we broke up. Maybe it would just be weird. I mean, there's a lot of factors that go into this, but I would say ideally, no, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to date or hook up with anybody that my friends have, and I don't want my friends mm-hmm. doing the same because nope, we just don't need to do. We just don't need to cross those paths. I just would every time I would see them, I just would envision my friend there or being around. Or, it just would be weird for me. I wouldn't even be able to do it. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I Yeah, I agree. It would be weird. 
it would be weird. I think that that's one of those unwritten like they should be. They should be off that should limits. Be, that should be a part of the gay agenda. <laughs> Hello. Write that down. So that is going to wrap up the main topic for this episode. So you guys know whenever I have a guest, I love to do the queer query so that you guys can get just a little bit of a different side of the guests and see how they think and how they function. So let's get into that. Question. Oh, my. So first question. If you had the power to bring a queer show back, such as, you know, Queer as Folk, for a new season, what would it be and what changes would you make? Oh, my God. So I really toyed with this question and my friends talk about me all the time, but I'm not really that gay. (laughs) I have not seen any gay show. And the only book and I just watched Paris is Burning last week. Because my friends say I keep using the gifts and I have no idea what the movie is about. And so I watched it. I have watched two episodes of Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. So I can't say that much. I would like to modernize it, though. Like, there's no gay average lifestyle show on TV that shows a little positivity. You know, everything is the token gay guy on Love & Hip Hop that's loud and ratchet and wear weed and nails and all that. But I would prefer if they can modernize a show like that, that shows friends that have real relationships that go through things. And they're not just so gay, according to the rest of the world. Yeah. Ideally, I would love to see like a gay version or not even a gay, uh, an LGBT version of living single, but that's not the question. So, I would bring back Noah's Ark. Mm-hmm. Um, I would <clears throat> picking up on what they did. I would focus less on Noah and Wade. I don't think that that relationship is as groundbreaking as they tried to present yeah. it. I like um, the the big light skin dude and the other guy. Yeah, uh, Alex and yeah, I ain't no names. So I just know he's fine as fuck. I forget his but... name. But yeah, I would keep Brandon from the movie and kind of let him share the role of Noah in the friendship dynamic. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, now that Noah and Wade are married, Noah is going to factor into the friendship group a little differently and maybe even yeah. a little less, especially with them being newlyweds. Uh, I would focus more on Ricky and his journey with processing his feelings for Noah and using his promiscuity as a bomb. Because I honestly feel like that is more common than a lot of yeah. us realize. So I, I think it would be very interesting to expand upon that more. See how he's doing, how he's dealing with it. Maybe have him, no, definitely have him uh, in therapy. Trying to figure things out. I would focus more on Chance and Eddie and home life. Because that's something that we... We have started to see more in mainstream, but not from not from a, a person of color side, because immediately yeah, I can think I can think of okay, well we have the 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 gays on Modern Family, which is only one example that I can think of off the top of my head, but they're white. Like where are the people of color? So I would love to see. Right. <clears throat> that's a perfect opportunity to to show a black couple 
home life. We got to see it a little bit on the show, but we can expand it more into some different things. And it's not always drama because everything that they presented was drama. The little girl acting out and throwing shoes and shit. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Eddie done lost his goddamn job. And it was just always a whole bunch of shit going on. Like, I would love to just see some regular old, we have a meatloaf, tell me about your day, and tie that in some way to a nice family moment amongst think, whatever else is going on. I think the only other one was, I will say, Milan and Miles on Love & Hip Hop, because they weren't doing all that fighting, they didn't wear weaves, and all that, like, they wasn't trying to be the stereotypical gay that heterosexuals think that gays are. Um, but it was just the fact that it was on love and hip hop. So that yeah, already has a negative connotation to it. So well, it's like, you're already turned off on that. It, and for me, it wasn't that it was, I felt like they were, they tried a little too hard to show that they were not the stereotypical. It was like, you know, That's look true. at us, we in love and I wear my hat to the back and it's just like, okay, TLC, like we don't calm down. A little they had a nice sex tape though. Well, yeah, but, and then it was, I mean, it was still drama. I, I don't know. I just feel like with Noah's Ark, there was, there's a lot of opportunity to show the different facets of life as it mm-hmm. relates to gays and, you know, the LGBT community outside of focusing solely on sex, the right. club, fashion, especially like if you brought it back now, they're older, they're more mature. We exactly. can see them further along in their careers. Like, you know, we want to see them going to work a la insecure you know exactly that's why i said modernize it like bring it up to the 2018 exactly exactly and let me preface everything by saying this they need to keep the same acting energy as the movie or they can just get a new cast and that's no shade it is what it is y'all but do you think it would do you think it would really work i just feel like certain shows have staple members and it's just like hard if you recast the show like that i feel like like a living single or something like i I don't want to see no other people other than you know queen latifah you know maxine and all them like those are the people that i do you think noah's art would really do good if they actually recast it using the same like characters no it wouldn't be the same characters it would be the same premise but they would have to make some changes switch up the personalities and things like that. I'm just saying that like if they couldn't get the originals or if they tried it and it was boo-boo, then okay, let's scrap this, start from scratch and take some of the elements and then do a new do a new cast and a new show. Gotcha. You know, main focus of it is not so definitely not loving hip-hop, although I mean I mean, I guess you can make the argument for loving hip hop because that is scripted. I don't care what they say. Um, definitely, you know, not go too much down the web series route because there's a lot. I'm again, no shade. There's a lot of good like LGBT web series out there, but then there's also a shitload of them that focus on the cliche stuff. That focus a little bit. Or a lot, a bit too much on sex. About him. Um, about him focused on sex a, a lot, but the way that they did it was smart. Yeah, because about it, the boy, he couldn't really, 
he didn't really know himself. He was trying to figure it out. And he, right. I mean, and he did go through the things that we went through as young guys. Exactly. Because like, it, it wasn't lines, meeting people. So it wasn't raunchy. Like yeah. the sex happened, but it wasn't sex just for the sake of sex. It was okay. This is obviously he's at that point where he's experimenting. And it really doesn't matter what age. Like once you have latched onto the idea of, okay, I'm into dudes and I have a dude that I can do some things with. Like we all go through that, but the younger that you are, a lot of us could relate to that. Yeah. There was a lot of sex and you know, they, I mean, they were skinny, but you know, they were nice bodies or whatever, but (laughs) we know your type. Oh, no. I think I misrepresented myself just now. (laughs) Because I was like, I mean, you know what? We don't need to do that. It's not about me. Okay, continue. Yes. <laughs> but uh, the way that they did it was smart. Like I say, it, was, it wasn't it was integral to the story, but it, it helped you understand what he was going through versus turning on a web series and then they introduce you to two characters and then they fucking and you sitting there like, Okay, is there a reason that we're seeing this sex scene, or did you just want to do a sex scene? You know what I mean? Right. Anyway, next question. What yes. artist would you like to have a Vegas residency that you could attend? That doesn't already have one. I'm probably going to say J-Lo. I, I feel she like did J-Lo. Have one. She did have one already? I think so. Oh. Cause that's who I was gonna say. It's like it's hard because some people I want to say they're newer artists, and like Justin Timberlake said today on online, he was just like, "When you do Vegas reg- residencies, that's just like you getting ready to retire in the music industry." I can kind of see that, but I don't I mean, think it's necessarily that you are getting ready to retire, but I you do have to have enough of a catalog, right? Like, yeah, you can't just get up there like. I love, love Tanache, but she can't get up there. And I knew do, you were going to say her. She can't give me no kind. Like, I felt like if I was going to say J-Lo, I would have said Tanache can open up for her. <laughs> like, she's very talented, and I don't think she gets the, the credit that she's due. Um, mm-hmm. I think Mary J. Blige would do good. Ooh, that's a the good. The white people love her. That's a good they choice. They love, love her. I don't love her train wreck of a voice, Ooh. but she, like, don't... Like, on our show, I shade Mary J. Lodge all the time because her voice is not that great. But she has good songs. She has soul, and you can feel her when she's singing these songs. Yeah, she has so a I think hell of a catalog. What, right. And oh, a catalog. Mary been out since what? 92? Mm, 90? At least. It's, I think 90. It's two th- right. So it's 2018. So she she definitely is. She's the queen of comeback. Every time Mary J. Blige come back, they playing her song on the radio. Between her and Mariah, they are the comeback queens. Um, but I think Mary would do good um, since J-Lo was already taken. Yeah. Um, I agree with the newer artist thing because my first choice is going to be Beyonce. But I would Beyonce need about another 10 to 15, maybe 20 years. Um, I don't know. If, if she's stupid that low. <laughs> I don't think it's low, though. I think it's, it's, a, it's a steady check and it's a steady stage to perform on. I don't think it's low at all. Because a lot of the greats have done it, you know what I mean. It's not like you, it's not like you performing in front of Coles or something. I guess because she already did a Vegas show, it wasn't a residency, but she did one. So I just felt like it might have would have went backwards for her. Well, but, but again, this is this is 
20 years from now, 15 years from now. When she's in her, when she's done with her prime and she's, you know, Diana Ross them age. Right. Like was she pushing 50 or 45 or okay. 50? So and she's okay, in a Mary different place in her career. So right. Mary, I would, I don't yeah. know if Janet has ever had one, but I would, I would go to a Janet one. That would be good for her. Mm-hmm. Especially coming off of that tour. Like, I could see Janet maybe, like, right. in a take a year off, raise her baby, do what she do, and then be like, mm-hmm. okay, y'all, I'm going to be in Vegas for, like, two years. Come see me or not. Whatever Vegas, you we want our check. <clears throat> right. <laughs> want our check. We said it here first. <clears throat> we definitely want the check. Want our check. Okay, last question. What books are on your 2018 reading list? Um, Right now, um that I actually started in 2018. Um, I'm reading a book by, what well, it's an audio book. Um, it's by T.D. Jakes, and it's called Soar. So it's captivating your mind and changing your thought process on like entrepreneurships and businesses and not being subjected to credit and financing and things like that because I'm all big on finances and stuff. Um, so, and especially with me being a small business owner at the moment, it really, because... I was about to quit that shit this year. <laughs> I mean, especially with hurricanes and people not supporting you and things like that. But so my mom actually gave it to me for Christmas and she was like, I think you'll definitely um, benefit from this. So that's one, which is an audiobook, And then Carl Weber, which is one of my favorite black artists. I mean, artists, one of my favorite black writers. He has a new book called Ladies Night. And if anybody's familiar with Carl Weber, he wrote um, married men, friends, I mean, not friends and lovers, um, the first lady where the pastor was sleeping with the secretary and the organ player was really a man and it was, yeah, all that. But yes, Carl Weber and T.D. Jakes are on my 2018 list. Okay, okay. Um, for me, it is honestly starting with books that I was supposed to read in 2017. I figured I should probably read a couple of those before I start adding to the list. So I want to read uh, The Mother of Black Hollywood by Jennifer Lewis. Oh, but I, I heard think, it's good. I think I'm going to get the audio book because she actually uh, narrates it herself. Mm-hmm. So, That's probably funny. <laughs> right. So I'm, pro- I'm, let me rephrase. I'm definitely going to get the audio book <laughs> and I'll listen to that. And then uh, I'm going to read I'm Judging You by Lovey. I bought the book last year and I want to say I picked it I picked it I picked it up one day and as soon as I cracked it open something happened and I never got back to it so I want to finally read through that and then start uh finding some other books to read throughout the year just see I really just need to up my reading game because me, I know because important and because, you know, I said I was going to start trying to pick up whatever I'm going to do with writing again. And it's just one of those things I feel like you have to read. And I think people say this all the time. You have to read a lot in order to be a good writer. Just yeah. like I, I see people or maybe not people, but I know definitely Barry from uh, Pause and Color says this all the time. Like <clears throat> you really have to listen to podcasts in order to be a good podcaster. I feel like you have to immerse yourself in whatever it is that you're trying to do to be good mm-hmm. at it. So those two. I, that's definitely the case. I, um, like I said, I'm a ghetto chef. So I just like to cook. I've never gone to school for it. So, you know, once I started my business, I started like 
looking at cook- cooking videos, hanging out with caterers, hanging out mm-hmm. with people who went to culinary mm-hmm. school. You know, and then, like you just said, with podcasting, I had 27 weeks ago, I had no idea what a podcast was. It was presented. I had a thought. I heard of it, but I didn't know what it really was. I had a thought. I asked my friends to say, let's do it. And like, ever since then, my friend was like, oh, I listen to the read. I listen to the friend zone. I listen to, um, you know, Angela Yee and DJ Envy. And so, I was, so then after that, then I started listening to all these other people. And then I was like, I didn't even know this world existed. But it did help shape and mold me as a podcaster and my show. Because it's like, okay, I just listen to all these different varieties of shows. It definitely helps. You've got to do stuff like that. Exactly. And for me, I would say, because I listen to um, the bigger part, you know, the read and the friend, I've listened to those mm-hmm. pretty much close from their inception just because they are friends with my friends. So I knew about mm-hmm. those early on. What I didn't know about were the small, smaller part. I didn't know about the small podcast community. Yeah. And so it wasn't until I started my podcast and somehow, some way, people in the community blow, you know, they blew over, started listening to my show. And then I started listening to theirs, you know, one person that I or two that I always highlight. I talk about them on the show all the time. John from the John effect, because he was one of the first people that popped up out of nowhere supporting the show. And I was like, mm-hmm. who is this nigga? Like, what is going on? What's happening? And I was like, oh, he does a podcast. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, it's a whole community of smaller podcasts. You know, everybody's not getting tens of thousands of listens on SoundCloud. Some of us are only getting a couple hundred if we're lucky. But that right. doesn't make, you know, small podcasts matter. Just like they say small YouTube channels matter. Small podcasts matter, too. A lot of dope content is, is talented people having great conversations. So... I listen to a shitload of podcasts. Well, to the best of my ability. To the best of my <laughs> ability. Exactly. Because there but, are weeks that I go back and be like, okay, let me listen to two of the episodes because I done missed like four of them. No, it's some weeks where I'm like, I'm not listening. I, I, I'm, oh. I've had enough. I'm going to listen to some music this week. Yes. Because <laughs> I usually listen at work. But it feels like I, I listen to so many you know, I start coming home and instead of having music on while I'm cleaning, I have a podcast going. So yeah. now I've gotten to the point where it's like, okay, I need to balance. You know, I support as many podcasts as I can, but maybe I can't listen every week. But yeah. back to, to the original point is, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I think it does help me and influence me as a podcaster. You mm-hmm. know? Shout out to John. Okay, so that is going to wrap up this episode of Gay Side Stories, you guys. Please remind the people where they can find you and your show. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud. We are no S-H-H-H Sherlock Podcast, and we are on all the platforms. And then you can find me at Aloysius, A-L-O-W-I-S-H-U-S, 0207 on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and then I'm Dennis Aloysius on Facebook. And my Tumblr is clean. <laughs> Come on, the Tumblr. The content I follow is nice. Oh. <laughs> yes, indeed. You guys, uh, go to GaySideStories.com. That is the hub for information about this show Email me at gaysidestories at gmail.com. 
follow and interact on social media. Like the Facebook page. It's at Gay Side Stories on all three. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts if you have not already. Guys, next week is the one year anniversary of this show. You, if you don't do anything else, if you want to do something for me for the celebration, go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five star rating. And if you really fuck with me, go ahead and type out a little review. Keep your one star woes. Just, I'm just saying. Uh, make sure that you're sharing the show with other people. It is a small podcast, but hey, the more ears that no. we can reach, you never right. know what might happen. I mean, people blow up definitely. all the time. Thank you all so, so, so much for listening. And one more thing, if you guys, again, if you want to call in and leave a message for the one-year anniversary of the show, the number is 832-821-8279. All of that, of course, will be in the show notes. We're going to wrap this thing on up and get on out of here. So remember the lost commandment, and that is thou shalt protect thy walls or they will crumble. Uh-uh. They will crumble. And if you didn't tell your friends about your <clears throat> questionable walls, now they done crumbled and you ain't got nobody to help you put Humpty Dumpty together again. I'm just saying. Jesus I'm just it. saying. We are out of here. Bye, guys. Bye.